Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to Conversations with the Sophies. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Sophie Nsuga. I am going to be your host today. Today, I will be hosting alone. Yes, because it's almost my birthday. It's almost my 29th birthday. So I decided to give you guys a small birthday gift for being the best listeners any girls could ask for. So yes, I decided to record this little special birthday gift to you guys and share it with you. I am calling it the title of this gift or episode is 29 things that I have learned. Yes. So in a few days, July 17th, to be specific, I will be turning 29. And over the past, um, coming to three years, over the past two and a half years, coming to three years, I developed this culture where, whereby I write letters to myself every beginning of July. I write letters from my past self to my incoming self, my future self. And I thank my past self for all the achievements and all the things that she has achieved. And I write like encouraging words to my incoming self, right? And when I tell you like for the past two years and a half that I've been practicing it, it has been, it has been such um, a blessing like when i look back at the letter when i look back at the letter i wrote to myself 2021 coming to 2022 the encouraging words i was telling to myself it's it's so beautiful to watch a year later right so this year since we started our podcast i was like why not why not put out a list of 29 things that i have learned and with this list of 29 things, I'm just sharing a few things that I have learned um, as a 20-year-old because this is our last year of being 29. For all those who are born in 93, right? This is our last year of being 20, rather. This is our last year of being 20-somethings. So I was like, why not? Why not share a few things that I have learned? Never know. It could help someone out there. It could be inspiring to someone out there. It could be entertaining. I don't know. So yeah, are you ready, my people? Yeah, I know you are. So let's just jump right into it. Okay, number one, change is inevitable. You know that song of Jine Aiko's Spotless Mind? Change is inevitable. <laughs> okay, my singing voice is not it. Let's not even go there. Yeah. So I have learned that change is very inevitable. If one is to grow, if one is to elevate, if one is to change, if, if sorry, if one is to evolve, you are supposed to be willing to welcome change. Um, my past self, 
was not such a friend of change. I used to even thrive in it. I used to tell everyone, oh my God, I don't like change. I don't like, I like things to stay the same way from January to December. But I have learned that without change, there is no growth, there is no elevation, there is no evolution. And I'm constantly praying for change. I'm constantly praying for growth and when you are comfortable in a situation, you cannot grow, right? And that was what I was always looking out for. I was always looking out for my comfort. Once I'm comfortable, I'm good. But a few things have happened to me in the past. Um, I could take it back to since when COVID broke out. Yeah, things have been happening in my life and they just forced me to embrace change, right? Like if it wasn't for change... I don't think we would have this podcast today. I don't think I, I would have a lot of things. And these are personal, like, they are personal things to me. I don't think I would have half of what I have today if it wasn't for me embracing change, right? So, beautiful people, change is your friend. Embrace change and because you never know what's on the other side. Seriously, Yeah change is your friends okay number two living in gratitude um living in gratitude has been the best practice that i have picked up in my 20s um i'll just give a little a little brief background yeah i was raised in a survival homestead if i could put it that way like we were abundant we had everything that we needed but growing up i always used to hear my mom saying there's not enough yet there was always enough like we always had everything we needed we went to good schools i i'm actually talking about myself i went to good schools i had everything that i needed i never lacked but that kind of thing where you grow up and you're hearing your the person who takes care of you always saying i don't have i don't have i don't have somehow it gets ingrained in your in your unconscious in your subconscious mind so you also start living in a survival kind of situation in a limited situation and that only limits you much more right so when i started the practice of living in gratitude I found that I actually have much, much, much more to be grateful for than to complain about, right? And it says, it, it, somewhere, I read somewhere, and it says that when you are always complaining about what you don't have, the universe is also going to give you exactly that. Like, you are, you are always going to have things to complain about, but... If you start living in gratitude, and I mean like real being grateful for everything that you have, the universe is going to give you more and more of what to be grateful for. And that is exactly what happened. When I started practicing gratitude, every day when I wake up in the morning, I have to list at least 10 things that I am grateful for. And I carry that energy into my day. I carry that energy into everywhere that I go. And it has been such a beautiful 
thing for me to do. It has given me, it has brought about tremendous change in my life. Like I look at some things that I used to complain about a few years ago and now I'm in position to have them in a very much abundant way. And I'm just like, wow, it's only gratitude that has led me there, right? They say a grateful heart is a rich, rich heart. So guys, start practicing gratitude. Try it actually. I don't want to say start. Try it and you will see at least every day in the morning, 10 things to be grateful for before you start your day, before you get on your phone. Just list down 10 things to be grateful for, that you are grateful for, even at night. That should be the last thing you do before you sleep. Like when you've left your phone and you're getting into that sleep mode, um, just list 10 things. Just list 10 things that you are grateful for. And the universe is going to keep giving you more and more and more, right? You'll find that you're not even complaining anymore. And in, and in time, that is enriching you, right? Yes. Ooh, child, we are just on number three. <laughs> Lesson number three, self-love. Yes, this is an anthem that we have sung and we have talked about and we are still talking about it and singing about it because it is a real game changer. Yes, I have learned to fully love myself and stand up for myself and take care of myself in my 20s. And when I say my 20s, um, I mean like from 25 and up to today, the lessons on self-love hit different because I think I've reached a certain level of maturity that I didn't have before I turned 25. Obviously, I loved myself, but I didn't even know half of what I know now and what self-love can do for you. If you want to know about if you want to know more about self-love, you can check out our episode on self-love, Conversations with the Sophies. It's titled Self-Love and get to know more about what we mean or our experiences or my experience with self-love and how much it has come through for me and how I will continue to practice it as I move forward with life, right? And self-love is holistic. I mean, taking care of your mind, your body, your soul, right? Like that means everything surrounding you. Like, what are you eating? What are you watching on the internet? What are you reading? You know, how are you taking care of your spirituality? You know, all those things, when you bundle them up and put them in one whole thing, they all make up self-love. So I have learned that when you love yourself, God is going to send the right people around you, right? So... Practice self-love, people. Yes. Um, number four. Number four is accountability. Accountability um, begins with self-awareness. Once you are self-aware, you are going to hold yourself accountable when certain things happen right? When you hold yourself accountable, then it's easy for you to maneuver through situations because you're not always going to be blaming the other person. Because when a situation happens, let me say between two people, 
you also had a part to play in it, much as the other person, right? So accountability is very, very, very important because it shows you that you are also not perfect, one. Two, it teaches you to not judge yourself, to learn not to judge yourself. Three, to forgive yourself. Four, to have grace with yourself, right? Because we are all human and we make errors and we make mistakes. So when you learn to, to hold yourself accountable, it helps you navigate relationship and relationships and situations much, much easier because you're not always blaming, right? Yes. Lesson number five, boundaries. Yes, we talked about boundaries in our episode of self-love. We talk, actually, I think we talk about boundaries a lot because a lot of our content on this podcast um, is about self-awareness and getting to know yourself and getting to do better and, you know, improving yourself and your life. So boundaries are a thing that I have learned in my 20s, right? You need to have boundaries as a human being because with boundaries comes respect. With boundaries comes self-love. If you do not have boundaries, you cannot tell me that you're practicing self-love because without boundaries, you, you are a people pleaser. And we all know what people pleasing does right it you're just doing things to be appreciated by other people however much you don't enjoy them however much you don't like them you feel the need to do them because you want to be appreciated by other people and that already means you do not have boundaries like you know when you have boundaries sometimes when you have boundaries and you are serious about your boundaries you start to say no to things that do not please you right and when you start to say no to things that do not please you you are treating yourself the way that you are supposed to you are stopping this thing of people pleasing of thinking what will they say about me no this time you are just you are considering your needs first your mental health first your health first what you like to do before you go out to give it to other people right so People, boundaries are very, very important. Learn what your boundaries are and exercise them. And trust me, the people that really love you for who you are will respect your boundaries. And the people that do not respect your boundaries never really liked you in the first place or they can't stand a you that is assertive and speaks up for themselves. I personally, I have, let, I have had to let some people go from my life because they were not respecting my boundaries and that was causing me not to feel good about myself causing me to beat myself up because i extend like i don't i i don't stand up for myself i extend i don't even want to, i don't even know what to call it like i extend my boundaries just to 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 cater to these people but then when they're when the whole situation is done and they're gone guess who has to beat themselves up me and i got tired i got so tired of that whole cycle that's when i decided to stand up for myself set my boundaries and stay with them and guess what the right people who love me and know me love me for that actually they are very proud that you know what I am standing in my boundaries. So 
learn to set boundaries people and stick with them right yes an adult who has boundaries and stays with them is is a, and sticks through with them is a very happy and problematic adult yes oh my goodness we are going to number 6 my number 6 lesson that i've learned is i've learned that i have to do my inner work what do i mean by inner work like when we're all growing up um we go through things as children some of us go through traumatic events some of us have rough childhoods and things that we need to heal from right things that we went through as children that kind of shape the way we are as adults the way we respond to things the way we react to things our coping mechanisms right and some of them i have come to learn that some of them we adopt them from our childhood days from the days when we were living in survival mode and now we are grown we are abandoned we do not need to keep living in survival mode because that part of us already evolved and changed into this new person so we need to adopt new ways to cope with our new selves right um one of the ways that you can do that is by doing your inner work and healing your childhood traumas addressing them and getting to know yourself you get getting to know yourself from you like what do, what does sophie like what does sophie like to do how does she like to spend her weekends what you know that kind of thing and you 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 get back into your inner self and and you go back to those situations that caused you trauma it can be hard actually some people have this thing whereby they forget they buried it at the back of their heads but they do not know that at the end of the day these things that happened to you as a child are they show they 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 come up into these relationships that you are in as an adult and as i said earlier sometimes you need to let those coping mechanisms that you used to use as a child you need to let them go and adapt new ways like an abundant way living in gratitude you know all these things and you cannot do these things if you have not done the inner work if you cannot you cannot prosper you cannot move on and prosper in life well if you have not healed your childhood traumas if you've not forgiven your parents if you've not forgiven your guardians the people that you were with growing up who gave you this trauma and you know yeah so that's what i mean by doing my inner work so i had to go back into my past 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 self you know i'm a cancer i'm always living in the past but i had to like go dig deep down and you know look through my life and heal my childhood traumas you know so that i can be the best version of myself i believe right now i am the best version of myself and i continue to step into the best version of myself because i continue to do the work and yeah i think you guys should too right right mm. lesson number seven solitude yes i have learned in my 20s about this beautiful thing called solitude 
and solitude is just taking time off to be by myself, to listen to my thoughts, to fast from food, fast from people, fast from these everyday activities that involve different energies and just sitting by myself, meditating, um, thinking, relaxing, resting, you know. It has a lot of benefits. I have reaped a lot and I continue to reap a lot of benefits from solitude. If you want to know more about solitude and its benefits and what it really is and my experience with solitude, you need to check out my episode on solitude. It's on conversations with the Sophies and um, the segment of On My Mind. You will find it right there and I expressed myself and all the things that solitude has had, has had to teach me and the positive impact it has put on my life, right? Yes. Okay. Lesson number eight. Now, lesson number eight is fear is the biggest enemy of progress. child when i start to talk about fear i won't even stop because fear is such a big part of us it has been a big 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 part of me like until i started getting self-aware i did not know who i was minus the fear i didn't even know that it was possible to step out of myself and look at myself again and see that I am covered in fear. I was moving in fear. I led fear lead, lead I led I left fear to lead my way, to lead my decisions, to lead my choices and you know, I'm thankful for self-awareness because through self-awareness I have learned I have learned so many different things and one of them that I have one of the things that I have learned is that Fear is such a big part of, was such a big part of my life. And with fear, um, you cannot progress. You cannot progress as long as you are leading with fear. You know, the things are two. It's either you live in fear or you live in love, right? There's a little bit of an in-between, but... There's a way since we've grown up, this whole childhood experience, traumas, what, 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 what. There's a way I personally used to lean more towards fear. So if it was on a scale, the fear side was heavier than the love side, right? But when I started to do all this healing and all this inner work and all this unlearning and relearning, I started to to balance the scale and have these two balanced. And now... Guess what is heavier on my scale between love and fear? Love. Yes, because I have learned that fear, first of all, it's within us. Like, no one is going to come and, like, put fear onto you. Fear is a self, it's self-inflicted, if I could use that word. Yes, like all the things that we're scared of most of the time. Okay, yeah, we experience them as children and whatever, but... When we start to grow up, we we form our own walls 
and we start to live in the fear within that walls. Oh my God, I'm so scared to do this. I don't know how it will, how it will turn out. Like I'll, I'll give an example. There's a time I was, I had a small food business. Um, I used to, I used to cook food from home and then go and vend it in town around people. Right. But before I did that, I was so, so scared. I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to walk around town? How am I going to make the sales? Am I good? And oh my God, on, on the first day when I decided to kick fear in the butt and I went out, I did it on day one. Everyone was so proud of me. First of all, they liked the food. They liked the delivery. They liked the timing. They liked everything. They liked that a small girl like me was stepping out of it and doing this whole thing. Like, you know what? you are doing it. So seeing other people react to something that I was once scared of gave me so much courage, right? And it made me realize that I was actually scared for nothing. And I was my only enemy of progress by allowing this fear and giving it a lot of power, right? Yes. Um, I actually have a lot of, I have a lot of examples of on fear, <laughs> And how it could have, you know, it could have um, ruined my progress if I had given it the power to. So a few years ago, I used to, someone always, when someone would ask me, what is your biggest fear? Um, I would always be like, being homeless. Like, duh. And lo and behold, some time back, guess who becomes homeless? Your girl. <laughs> like God done went and put me in the middle of my biggest fear. Here I am, homeless. Now what? You know? And during that time when I was at it was a very, very short time though, when I was in that situation, I realized that you know what? This I'm actually currently living my biggest fear. And guess what? It was the best time of my life. God showed me that I am very abundant, that he's got me. I have people around me that got me. And that situation didn't even last two weeks, right? Yet I did not have a plan prior to it happening. So currently when you ask me what my biggest fear is, I do not have a fear. I do not have a fear currently. There's nothing that I fear Oh, yes, I've said it. I am not scared of anything because I move in love and I move in the trust of God. I know that God got me and everyone around me got me and I got myself. Actually, after going through my worst fear, which was being homeless, I said it to myself, nothing can beat me right now. I have been to the pits of hell and back, right? So guys, try hard to work on your fear. When you confront your fear, you realize that you were actually scared for nothing and you were just holding yourself back and giving this fear this very, very big platform that it doesn't even deserve, right? Yes. Okay. Lesson number nine. My, num my ninth lesson has been trusting my intuition. Um, 
I've always been an intuitive child. I've always been an intuitive person. But, you know, when you're still younger, because you're accepting a lot of external validation or external input from a lot of people, sometimes when things come to you and you speak to an adult or you talk to an elder about something that your intuition is telling you, a lot of the times you're going to be shut off or shut down, like, ah, you're just a child, you don't even know what you're talking about, right? And as you keep hearing that, you keep numbing your intuition, like, every time something is trying to come to you, you're just like, ah, because the people that are supposed to believe in you aren't, and you haven't yet matured enough to listen to your own, Right? So when I started to do my inner work and healing and all this and eating better and, you know, just taking care of myself holistically, my intuition shot up the roof. Like it was, I was already an intuitive person, but when I started to do the inner work and learning and relearning and standing my boundaries and all that stuff, because once you start to take charge of your life, you start to listen from the inside, right? And our intuition is what speaks to us. I read somewhere that our intuition are like messages from our soul to our conscious selves, right? So when I started doing the work, I started to listen more to my intuition. And oh my God, 90% of the time that I listen to it, I'm always right. Of course, there are times when I ignore it and then things come back later and bite me in the ass, but I have learned to trust my intuition. Ladies, we are very, very, very intuitive people. Even men are, but I feel like ladies, we take it a little bit a notch because we're mothers. We, we, we have all these superpowers in us and being intuitive is one of them. So if you're listening out there and you think you are intuitive, yes, you are. So start listening more and observing and see where your, what your intuition is telling you and where it's leading you. Most of the time it is saving you, you know, and it, it will teach you to learn to trust yourself much, much more like how I do currently. And in the long run, you'll be saved a lot of BS because you listen to your intuition, right? Right. Yes. Mm, lesson number 10. Sorry, I had to sip on my tea. Lesson number 10. Uh, I have learned that everything always works out. Right? That is the lesson that I want you guys to take home. <laughs> everything always works out in the long run. Like, I... I person like my personality is that kind of personality that person formerly rather that used to like to worry and to fear and to be anxious about stuff like if one small thing happened today I am going to worry even if I can control it even if I can't control it I'm going to have myself worry to death and yet in the long run as I've come to learn things always work out you know, like, <laughs> oh Lord, I remember the time I got suspended in high school 
that was like the biggest thing that I got into, the biggest kind of trouble that I got into in high school. I was so scared. Oh my God. I thought the world was going to come to an end. I thought my parents were going to butcher me. Like, oh my goodness, you know? And guess what? My parents, okay, they were mad, but they weren't as mad as I had thought they would be. And everything worked out. Even just this recent example I have talked about, like the homeless situation, the food business situation. Like I, for, for, for my people who like to worry and who like to be anxious about stuff, learn to, learn to let go, learn to accept that everything will always work out. That in itself helps you a thousand times deal with your anxiety and it helps you deal with your trust in God, in the universe, in yourself, you know, and all the people that are around you. So, yep, that's my 10th lesson. Everything always works out and for the good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Point, lesson number 11. Lesson number 11 is kind of like lesson number 10. Yes, the 11th lesson is trust God and the universe. Their timing, right? Like I have learned to trust and to trust in, I have learned to trust divine timing. Yes, Um, going with the flow in life and living a life of surrender. I formerly used to like to be in control of everything. Even currently, I still have a little bit of that left in me, but I'm working on it. But formerly, it was like crazy. And being a firstborn daughter doesn't help. Like, I was given responsibilities as, at such a young age. So I felt like I need to be in control of everything, Right. As I have come to learn, you cannot be in control of everything. Yes. Actually, when you try to control everything, God is going to humble you and put you down and show you that he is the one in charge and there's nothing that you can do about it. Yes. Now, an example of trusting in God's timing, right? When I was in my early 20s or like a teenager, I used to always say, um, you know what, I want to get married at um, 25 and have my beautiful children, however many they are, and be done by like 29, 30, right? I want that. And yeah, I want to be a fly mom, a fly wifey, you know, the whole thing. Lo and behold... How old am I today? I beg. <laughs> I am 29, unmarried, no children, you know, and I am living my best, best, best life. Like, oh my God. So when I was getting to that age of 25, I started to notice that, uh-oh, I said I'd be married at this time. I said I would have children by a certain age and it's looking like it's not going to happen. I got a little bit of a panic situation going on because obviously at the time, 
some of my friends had started getting married and all. So I started to panic and like, oh my God, time is running out, blah, 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 blah. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, hell no. How the hell did I want to be married by 25? I didn't even know who I was at 25. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the lesson comes in, comes in in this weather, learning to trust God's timing. If I had been married at 25, I don't know if I would know half the shit I know now. I don't know if I would be doing half the shit I am doing now as a 29-year-old. You know what I'm saying? So even when... Even when other situations were happening, not even not only that one of I'd be married at twenty five, blah 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 blah. No, a lot of things, a lot of things in my life actually, like a lot of relationships and friendships that ended. I thought I would be friends with some people till death do me part, you know, but then God decided, no, child, you are elevating. <laughs> You do not need these people on your way to elevation. And I had to trust that. And I had to surrender to that because God is the almighty, right? He knows best. He knows what's best for me. He created me. He created my parents. He created my great-grandparents. He created my ancestors and my line of my, my, my generation, right? So... I have learned to surrender. When you surrender, there's less resistance in your life. Like, you just trust God and everything that is coming your way. And trust me, it saves you a lot of tears, a lot of inner battles, a lot of judgment, a lot of self-judgment. Ooh, child, I have learned to not live with that. <laughs> to live with, actually, no, I have learned to live with the flow of life. I think you should too, guys. Yes. Point number 12. Talking better to myself. Yes. This is a big, big lesson I have learned over the past, um, I want to say like three years or so. Yes. A lot of times we are our biggest critics and it's honestly unnecessary. Like, when who taught us that i always keep asking who taught us how to talk to ourselves like this who who gave that inner voice of yours that much power to be like you are not good enough you are not smart enough or you are ugly look at your belly look at your legs look at your face you know who who taught us that anyway it doesn't matter who taught us that but you need to ask yourself who taught you that and you stop it. Because most of the times when we are going through things or when situations happen to us, the outside world is judging us. The outside world is raining in on us. They are going deep in on us. And even you inside your head, you are adding on to that. Guess what all that is doing to your soul? It is crushing your soul a million more times more than if you've done something, the outside world is judging you, they're criticizing you. Get yourself together. Get some space. Be alone. Talk to yourself kindly. You know the same kindness we extend to our friends when our friends are beating themselves up. And we're like, no, you, you are amazing. You didn't mean this. You, you know, we, I have learned to give myself that talk too. And trust me, it has helped me 
deal with situations that I didn't even know that I would ever get out of because I am in charge of my life now. I'm being kind to myself. So all this outside extra noise is not going to affect me much because I have taken accountability and I am being kind to myself and I'm extending kindness, empathy, and grace to, to myself, right? So I think that's something you guys should... Um, try and do be kind to yourself yes number 13 yes lesson number 13 yes so my 13th lesson is friendships come and go this has been such a big lesson in my 20s i had one to accept and learn but i had to Yes, it's important to acknowledge that some friends are just meant to be seasonal. And once you elevate or you move on from that season of your life, even that friendship will have to end. Like again, it goes back to that situation to that to that um to that thing where we like to be in control, where we don't like to surrender and feel like, no, this was my friend. I have known her from like P1. We must be friends till do us till death do us part. Sorry, no. I have learned that you need to let friendships go. Like once their time expires, I know you can tell when the time has expired. You no longer uplift yourselves. You no longer are happy with each other. Like because you you can look back and they're like. Mm. There used to be a time when it used to always be vibes with this person. Like, we're always vibing, we're always in good terms, we're always uplifting each other. But these days, first of all, we barely talk. When we talk, it's like either they're just emotional dumping on me or like, you know, you can tell. And baby, you need to allow that this season has ended and not to be afraid that you will be friendless in the future. No, as long as you are being your best self, your most authentic self, God is always going to put people in your way, people on your way that are good for you and are the best for your current self, right? So learn to let friendships go when they have, when their time has reached people. It will be good for your growth. Yes. Um, lesson number 14. I have learned <laughs> that it is okay to be sensitive. Yes. I personally am a very sensitive human being. I am a cancer. For those that are into astrology, we are very sensitive. We feel things on a deeper level than some other people might. And growing up, I was told a lot that I was a sense that I am sensitive. Like I kept on hearing that statement a lot that I am sensitive, and it always came with like a negative connotation. Like, oh my God, why are you so sensitive? And I started to feel like it was a bad thing, maybe you know. So I started to try to hide my sensitivity the best way that I could, but I couldn't even. 
you know i knew that sensitive wasn't a good being sensitive was not a good thing so i started to find ways of hiding it and trying hard not to be sensitive try to be insensitive but it just didn't work out and when i got to my 20s and i started learning all these things of inner work and healing and what i learned that actually being sensitive is a gift from god you know it's a gift from God because some other people are not that sensitive. I am sensitive to people's feelings. I'm sensitive to people's energies. I'm, I'm just a sensitive human being. <laughs> I'm sensitive to people's words. Child, I have learned that it is a gift and I am embracing myself and there's nothing wrong with being sensitive. So from all my sensitive sweeties and honeys out there, do not feel bad. Embrace your sensitivity and, yeah, go on and live your best life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, lesson 15. Lesson 15. Ooh, we're as if halfway there. I have learned that failure is good. Yes. As a perfectionist, earlier on in my life, I hated to fail. Like I would beat myself up anytime I would fail. And I don't even mean academics because I was never really good at academics. So ugh. for academics, I never really used to give two shits because <laughs> I knew I would pass. I would pass some. I would pass somehow somewhere you know but i meant like in life things personal things i really used to hate to fail or i used to really hate to like disappoint my parents disappoint my friends and i would punish myself heavily anytime i would i, I feel like i have failed right and um when i was like 24 i met a lady and she mentored me for a while she was the best um, thing that ever happened to me actually she told me that failure is a good thing she always used to tell me fuck up and learn fuck up and learn and she she always used to tell me sorry for my language she always used to tell me you are young like this is the best time to mess up right mess up now learn your lessons get up and go right so i took on that motto <laughs> I took on that motto and um, I won't say I'm not scared to fail anymore. Of course, I still am. But nowadays, I look at, I look at failing in a, with an open heart because I know I have done something. I have failed at it, but there's lessons and I'm here for the growth, honey. Any day, any time, right? Without failure, there's no learning. You have to be able to open yourself up to fail so that you can learn right right um lesson 16 i have learned to be assertive and stand up for myself yes as women it's very 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 important to be assertive and stand up for ourselves because this world is literally run by men and oh child <laughs> they cannot stand a confident woman, a bold woman, a woman who can stand up for herself. And yet, that is the only way to get yours in today's world, 
right? I always used to feel like, uh, I don't like being confrontational. I don't like being a, like, you know, I, I felt like being assertive meant being confrontational, being like, I thought it was something negative. And Lord knows I have been taken through experiences in my life where I have had to learn the hard way that if you are not assertive and you do not stand up for yourself, the world is going to literally step all over you and you will never ever prosper in life if you are not assertive, especially if you're a young girl or if you're a lady. You need to learn how to communicate, be assertive and stand up for yourself, right? Have those tough conversations. They are the relationship saviors for all those people who say, I am not confrontational. I don't like having hard conversations. Hard conversations are the way to save relationships, right? So be assertive and stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Lesson number 17. Yes. <laughs> The 17th lesson that I have learned is to forgive my parents. Yes. Earlier on, someone could be like, what have your parents done? I don't understand. Earlier on, I was talking about doing the inner work and like, um, doing the inner work and doing the work to, to free yourself from your childhood traumas and healing from your childhood traumas, Right. Healing your childhood traumas is where forgiving your parents gets involved in because your parents raised you, your parents or your guardians, whoever raised you, your parents raised you and maybe they, they did things to you, right, knowingly or unknowingly that had an impact on your childhood or something that traumatized you and has led you to act the way you act currently, right? I have learned that it is important to forgive whoever traumatized you. If it's your parents, if it's your grandparents, whoever raised you, right? Because it's the first way to healing. And I started to look at my parents like they are human beings too. You know, when you're younger, you look at, you put your parents on a pedestal, right? You look at them like they are these gods or whatever. Excuse me. But la- growing and learning and doing all this inner work to try and heal from my traumas has made me to look at my parents like, one, they are human beings. Two, they were doing the best that they could with the resources that they had to raise me, right? Three, they never did anything out of spite, like, you know, However weight it seemed to me as a child who was receiving, they never meant to hurt me or to traumatize me. It is just what it is, right? So I have learned to forgive them. And when I started doing the work to forgive them, it helped me heal much faster. And it continues to help me heal my inner child. Yes. Um... Lesson number 18. Now, lesson number 18 is quality over quantity. And that means for the people that I allow into my life now. Previously, I was a quantity kind of girl. Like, oh my God, I used to thrive in having lots of friends and knowing lots of people you know, 
But as I age, I have learned. And my mother used to always tell me, mm, those friends of yours will reduce. They, they're just so many right now. And I used to be like, ah, girl, those are your own problems. Me, I have my many friends and I love all of them and I'm going to die with them. And she'd be like, okay, girl. Now, <laughs> I have learned for myself. I have experienced things. And now I can attest that it is better to have a small number of quality friends than having a huge classroom of people that you can call friends. Yet, when it comes, when it comes to like real stuff and dealing with real life problems that whole number of that whole class of friends aren't going to be there for you it's going to be a very few people it's actually real life situations that are going to show you who is really there for you and it's never in the quantity it's always these few people and i think these things happen to us with god just to show us who really got you and who don't so if you're listening and you're in your 20s or you're above your 20s and you feel like, oh my God, I only have like two friends. Am I like the worst person? No, you are much, much better. If your two friends are of good quality, you are much, much, much better than someone who has fatty friends but feels alone at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Lesson number 29. <laughs> Lesson number 29. Oh, sorry. Lesson number 19. I guess I was rushing to get to the end. Lesson number 19 that I have learned in my 20s is um, plant medicine. I During lockdown, when we had that whole time of... I I had time to learn and make research and read about all these things and I started I like my soul gravitated towards holistic healing and herbal medicine and plant medicine and I learned a lot of stuff and realized you know what our, our ancestors were onto something with this whole plant medicine and dead situation like they knew something Actually, that's where I, I, I started to, I decided to kind of turn my life around and start to use more herbs and more plant medicine as opposed to chemically produced medicine. Um, there's a lot. Actually, COVID, if anything, COVID taught us all to depend on natural medicine. You know, at some point, this manufactured medicine was giving people nausea. Generally, it wasn't working. At some point, everyone was trading herbs like use garlic, use these leaves, use those leaves, you know. So I have learned that in my 20s and I'm taking it all the way till death. Plant medicine is where it's at for me. I love plant medicine. I love the results. I love how youthful I look and feel. So, yeah. You guys should, especially if you live here in Uganda, in Africa, where we have much, much access and much abundance to plant medicine, start to 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 use plant medicine for those small, small things like a headache or flu or, you know, there's always a solution in plant medicine and there's no side effects 
uh, it keeps you rejuvenated and it's going to work on your whole system, you know, as opposed to these manufactured drugs. You know what I mean? Yes. So plant medicine is the one for me moving forward. <laughs> Lesson 20. I, I have learned about being present. Being present is very, very important. And someone might ask, what is being present? Being present is being in a situation or in a place at a particular time and not being distracted and being there fully, like with your heart, with your mind, with your soul, with your body, with your heart, like holistically being present in situations, right? Because that's the only way you can enjoy a moment. Let me say we go for a party, right? I think this is the best way someone can understand being present. When we go for a party, there's two people. There's me and then there's Sophie. (laughs) I'm going to use Sophie. And then there's Sophie. So there's me who has, obviously we've both come with our phones, right? So there's Sophie who is on her phone like from the moment we get into the party, and then there's me who has tucked my phone away, right? Who do you think is going to have more memories from this party? Me who is fully present with my phone tucked away or my friend who is busy on her phone, taking all the pictures, texting people who are not around, calling people who are not around. Like, you get what I'm saying? So that kind of being present is what I mean. And I've taken it and I have practiced it in, I am practicing it in every aspect of my life. Yes, I will take out my phone, take a few pictures, blah, blah, blah. But it will just be for a moment. These days when I'm in a place, I am there fully, 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 because I want to experience everyone and everything in the moment. So that when I'm away, I can have something to reminisce on you know, and all the details will come to me because I was fully, fully there, right? As opposed to someone who was on their phone the whole, whole time. So being present has been a great lesson for me and yoga and meditation have helped me um, practice more presence because with yoga, you are breathing, you, you're literally you're breathing in, you're doing all these different poses and breath is that one thing that keeps us present, right? So practicing yoga and meditation has helped me be present in a lot of times. And I think you guys should practice and try to be as present in moments as you can, you know? Presence actually serves us a lot of regret. Let me say you go and hang out with your grandma today, right? And when you're hanging out with her the whole time, you're on your phone, you're texting, you're, you know, and then the next day they call you and they're like, you know what? Grandma passed. And then there was me who was there with grandma yesterday in the moment with her. I'm hugging on her. We are talking. I'm like playing with her hair. You know, I'm being fully present. If both of us receive this phone call the next day that grandma has passed, guess who it's going to hurt much, much, much more? The other person who was on the phone the whole time, you know? Me, it's going to hurt me, but I'm going to reminisce in the fact that I spent my last moments with her 
being present. I was with her. I enjoyed her. I probably had all the things that she had to say and took them to heart because I was fully present, you know? Yeah. So practice being present, people. My 21st lesson. My 21st lesson is about grief and loss. This is kind of like being present, right? (laughs) Savor every moment with your loved ones. Yes, I have learned in my 20s that death is just a transition. Death is just a transition of us going back to where we came from in the first place. You know, we came from this whole place of darkness, right? And then we're born into light. Even when we die, we go back in that place of darkness. It's darkness to us because we do not know what happens there, right? So if you really want to know about if you really want to know more about what what i mean by grief and loss you can check out our episode of of dealing with loss and disappointment to get a little more gist of what i mean but um yes what i what i mean by grief and loss is i have learned to accept that um loss is a part of us and as long as you are alive you must transition you cannot be alive there's no life without death, right? So I have learned to deal with that. Um, actually, from, let me say from last year, uh, October, between last year, October, and um, this year around, what month was that? Like May or April, I lost... Um, three very close loved ones like people that were my guide my, my guardians sorry people that i looked up to people that i loved were all taken away from me between september last year and um may this year right and it would just give me they would just be like one month two months first then someone else dies one month to and it's just like brav i can't catch a break you know, but with all these things that I have taught myself and all this information that is out there, I have learned to accept that as you grow, you are going to lose your loved ones at a certain point and you just have to learn how to deal with it and to be okay with it. So my relationship now with death is, um, it's better. I don't fear death now. I accept death and it's because I have accepted that loss is a part of us. Yes. Lesson number 22. Oh, child, these are a lot of lessons. (laughs) Anyway, regardless, we move. Lesson number 22. Lesson number 22 is about effort in relationships and friendships. Yes, I have learned in my 20s that without effort, relationships and friendships will not work out. And and the effort can come in different ways. It could be calling, texting, spending time, being present when you actually spend time, uplifting each other, filling up each other's emotional banks, you know, bank accounts, sorry. If you want to get to know a little bit more of what I mean in effort and relationships and friendships, you can check out our episode on our friendship journey because me and Sophie talk about all of this. 
you know yeah but just a brief thing a, a brief way to put it is you cannot be in a relationship with someone or be friends with someone and expect one person to put in the work one person to be the one to call to text to check in that just won't work eventually the person is going to get tired and the relationship will end so for you to have a thriving relationship and friendship with someone you must be willing to put in the effort <laughs> Yes. Ah. Lesson number 23. Never settle. And I'm saying it in the biggest of cups and bold letters. Ladies, never settle. And this goes across to jobs, friendships, relationships. Like, if you feel like some a certain relationship, a job relationship, a personal relationship, a work relationship, a friendship is not working for you, please, the door is always wide open. The door is always wide open and take that leave. Get out. If you feel like something is not working for you, it's not to your standards, it's not, it's not like respecting your boundaries, leave. Leave because at the end of the day, you are the vehicle that runs your life. If you are not taking care of yourself well, if you're settling for shitty jobs, you're settling for shitty relationships, you're settling for shitty friendships, you are going to be a shitty person in the long run because you're going to be sad, you're going to be miserable, and you know, there's no productivity that comes out of someone who is not feeling their best selves, you know? Yes. So, guys, mm-mm. it doesn't matter whether the, the, the person you're seeing is like the richest person in the world. As long as they are not treating you right, please leave. If your job is giving you all the money in the world, but your mental state of health is... <laughs> Sorry, this is not funny. If your job is giving you the best, the most money in the world, but they are causing such a negative effect on your mental health, you can't sleep, you're depressed, you're anxious, you're sad, you're angry. I'm going to advise you to leave that job because guess what? If you woke up tomorrow and you're dead, they're going to replace you, you know? They're not going to worry that, oh my God, you died of, you know, mental health issues. No, they're going to replace you easily. So use that same energy to take care of yourself, take care of your mental health, take care of your health. If a relationship, if a job is not giving you exactly what it needs you to thrive to be your best self, please leave. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Lesson number 24. Lesson number 24 is about knowing your worth. I have struggled with esteem issues growing up. And I'm so thankful for my few friends who noticed that earlier on. Sophie actually being one of them noticed that and had a very gentle way to, to let me know that I wasn't really seeing my worth. And, you know, she started to bring it up to my consciousness and I started to see it and like, you know what, I am allowing 
different things in my life that I shouldn't be entertaining because I do not know my self-worth. I'm low on esteem, you know. But being in my 20s and getting to know who I am, what I like, what I don't like, I've come to know what I'm worth. I've come to know my value. I've come to know what I come with and what I bring to the table. And once I, once I started to know that and acknowledge it, um, the right people started coming my way, you know, and the wrong ones obviously fell off because, you know, they were not, they were not, to, they were not meant to be with me when I know my worth. So ladies, please know your worth. When you know your worth, you're going to attract your soul tribe. You're going to attract whoever is right to be in your life, right? Yes. Um, lesson number 26. Ooh. Three to go. <laughs> Speaking of knowing your worth, right? The, the 26th lessons that I, the, sorry, the 26th lesson that I have learned is knowing that I am the master of my own life, right? Not my parents, not my grandparents, not my friends, not my boss, me, you know? And all that started when I started to do the inner work, the healing, the child, the releasing, the, the getting over childhood traumas and all that. You get to realize, you get to a certain point and you realize that, you know what? All these years I have been living my life, I have been living my life on a script that was handed to me by my parents, by my teachers, by my guardians, you know. But once you get to a certain level of self-awareness, you start to take your power back and you start to do things that please you. And in the long run, they help build your world, right? Yeah, because right now, nobody can come to me and start telling me, do this, do that. No, you know, no, because I know that I am the master of my own life and I make my own decisions. I'm a grown-ass woman and every decision that I make is for the best of myself, right? And those around me. So, yes, learn to take charge of your own life because once you learn to take charge of your own life, all the other people will follow through. You know, when I started to take charge of my own life, my parents noticed it and they started to, um, what's the word? They started to support me in everything that I was doing because I showed them that, you know what, I am grown, I know what I'm doing and I am in charge of my own life. That way, they also started to support and that's just the way it will be. Once you take charge of your own life, everyone else will have no option but to follow through, Right? Right, lesson number 26. Nature is very good for us. <laughs> That's a lesson I've had to learn in my 20s. I think when we were younger and, and growing up with our parents, they always knew that nature is good for us and blah, 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 blah. So when we were kids, us who were born in the 90s, we had a lot of time outside. We played with our friends and all. And... When we grew up, somehow, we stopped doing that. We stopped spending time with nature. We just want to work, 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 work. So COVID, again, 
helped me spend more time in nature and doing things like sun gazing, grounding my feet, um, drinking herbs. All these things are good for our mental health and our holistic health in the long run, right? Not like sun gazing. Sun gazing is good for our vitality, right? And grounding, uh, grounding is like a, a, a sort of um, detoxing. When you go and place your feet in the ground and you um, put your intentions forward, your intentions are to release all negative things that have no business dealing with you. You place your feet in the ground, you release all that energy. It's like a natural way to detox. It works for me, so you should try it. And I, I know you'll like it, so try it. Let some rain on your skin, on your hair. All these things are good for us. They're good for us in ways that we don't even know, right? So, and nature is so calming. Every time I hang out in nature, I find myself being more present, being more calm. Like in the long run, I don't react to things the way I used to react to things right? Because I have taken this nature. Th- I, 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 I'm trying to be like nature. I'm trying to be as calm. And nature has rubbed off of me. So guys, if you have some time, spend some time in nature. You don't even have to do like serious activities. Just sit on the ground, keep your feet on the ground, go to a lake, stare at the sun, you know, let some rain on you, drink some herbs here and there, you are improving your holistic health, right? Right, okay, lesson number 27. Oh my God, we're almost coming to an end. Lesson number 27. Lesson number 27 is I am never alone, right? I have learned, and I think it, it's coming from that point of surrendering and trusting in God and trusting in God's timing. I have learned that I am never alone and it is the most satisfying feeling on this earth because once you feel that you're never alone, once you feel that you're not alone, you start to trust God more. You you start to trust your intuition. You... You know, you start to trust your friends more. You know that God gave you these particular friends for a reason. And you start to walk with that power of God got me, my ancestors got me, I got me, my loved ones got me. So that way, you kick fear in the butt. Like you're not scared to move. You're not not scared to make certain movements and certain moves because you know that God has got you, your ancestors have got you, you know? And in that way, it helps you prosper better in life. It helps you um, make bold moves. I don't even want to repeat myself, but you know what I mean? Never alone. Never alone. (laughs) I just had to sing that song, Lady Antebellum. Yeah. So you're never alone, people. Don't you forget that. Um, lesson number 28. Yes. Lesson number 28 has got to be abundance. Is our birthright. I have learned 
and as I talked about it earlier on, growing up in a survive, growing growing up in survival mode, or growing up in a space where you're hearing a lot of limitation, you know, has a lot. It damages your subconscious and then your unconscious, and you start you grow up and start to live your life like that. You start to live your life in survival mode. You know, everything you do, you feel like, oh, there's not enough money, there's not enough time, there's not enough, just that limitedness, you know. And when I started to do the work of healing and trying to better myself, I learned that we are all born abundant, you know. All these things in life, okay, you first chill capitalism and all, and the price it has put on everything. But I mean, like, look at all the real important things in life. They are for free, Right. Peace is for free, love is for free, happiness is for free, joy is for free, the feeling of abundance is for free, like abundance is just out there and once you, once you, um, what's the word, what's the word, once you gravitate towards abundance, you are going to be abundant, once you start to live your life like you are abundant, abundance is going to come your way and in very many different ways it's not just um financial abundance it could be all sorts of abundance love happiness joy peace of mind self-love safety stability everything you know so that is a mantra of mine abundance is my birthright and it has done a lot to change the way I live, to change the way I function, to change the way I move in life, right? Yes, and I think you two should adopt it. Yes. Um, lesson 29. Oh my God. Yes, so lesson 29 is about being open-minded. Um, being open-minded is the key to growth. Because once you're not open-minded, you're not going to be open to listen to other people's views. For you, you're always just going to stick with what you know and what you've learned and you think that's the truth, you know? And that's just not the way it is, you know? Because we are how many people in the world? There's so many cultures, so many religions, so many ways to do things. So if you keep a closed mindset... You're not going to reach fine in, in, in life because you're only going to stay in comfortable places. And you already know what we said about comfort. <laughs> There's no growth there. So having an open mind has done a big number on me because it has helped me learn a lot of things that I didn't know, learn about different cultures, learn about... um different religions and how they do their things. Hell, being open-minded is what um, led me to led me to learn about astrology and all these different things that I know about astrology and the stars and the moon and you know it was because I had an open mind. So if you want to learn, if you want to grow, please keep that big big mind of yours open. Oh, child, I had one bonus one. It's not a 30th lesson. It's just a bonus. And it says, there's no such a thing as a life that's better than yours. J. Cole said that. In love, yours. Yeah. So that marks the end. 
to this very special birthday message that I had for you guys. I hope you have enjoyed. I hope you have learned a few things here and there from my experiences. And I hope they can touch you in one way or another. And yes, thank you so much for listening in. Thank you for sticking with me. I know this was quite long, but it's my birthday. (laughs) So I can do whatever I want. Uh, Just kidding. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you. You are gems and I'm so thankful to, to spend my 29th birthday with you guys while you're listening to me. Um, if someone had told me that this is how I would spend my 29th birthday last year, I would laugh in their face. But hello, here we are. I'm the happiest 29th year. <laughs> old. I'm the, sorry, I'm the happiest 29 year old currently. And yes, I love you for tuning in. Stay blessed. Drink water. And we'll catch you on the next episode. I love you. Happy birthday to me. Mwah.